Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Open the pod bay doors now. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the most you ever lost in the politics? Go ahead. Make my day. And welcome to this uh, very special edition of Black Hole Cinema. It's a special one today because uh, we are. Well, I'm hosting, which I don't normally do anymore because I'm lazy. But also, um, we're in a pub. So you can probably hear with the incidental uh, noise of, of beer and glasses clanking and people talking. Thank you, Adam. He's just he's just <laughs> into glass. Uh, <laughs> now let's do that properly. There we go, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this proves we're actually in a pub. We're actually not. It sounds like we're trying to prove that we're in a pub, and we're not. <laughs> every every yeah. time a podcast is in a pub, they always have to try and prove that it's not like yeah. uh, EastEnders background noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've laid this in. But no, we are genuinely in a pub. We're in a, a place called the Bellevue in uh, High Wycombe, and the reason we're there is because I've come down um, to see two friends of mine who also happen to be um, film. Uh, gentlemen and podcasters themselves. To begin, uh, let me introduce uh, my old buddy, um, Adam Massingham. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. Um, welcome back yes. onto the podcast. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Welcome thank back. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's, you, you were on last year, Brief, you're doing a, a, a review of Headbanger, Metal or Headbanger's Journey. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah no, that, that was awesome. It was a great time. So. Um, and the other uh, gentleman on who uh, was uh, the returning uh, Mr. Leslie Byron Pitt. Hello, sir. Oh, you don't have me on long, uh, often enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> you really don't. Well, yeah, we, yeah, this I'm is happy to be here. This is an audition <laughs> tape to become a regular. <laughs> we get it now. We've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah, we are, like I said, we are in the pod. We do have beer on, on tap. Well, in Leslie's case, it's uh, Bokka Red, Red, Red Bull. Yeah, double. Well, there you go. That sets the stall out. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do the usual talking about uh, films and getting possibly a little bit drunk in the process. So, can, I, um, can I just say as well, I was thinking, we, we kind of planned this before the recording. We planned this before the recording, what we were gonna, where we were going to go we and did. where we were going to go. And I was adamant that I was going to drag people to the White Horse. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know what the White Horse is, yeah, listeners, yeah. <laughs> then you realise that I'm a disgusting oh, child. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Now, now I, I'm not from Wickham. I don't live here. I want to know more about this. <laughs> so, have, right, my question now is: Have you got any money? <laughs> um, 
if needs be. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, is, it is very much like Takeshi Mike in Hostel. Don't go in there, you'll spend all your money in there. <laughs> <Wow>. okay. <laughs> Sounds good though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if it's quite as gory as Hostel. <laughs> Hopefully, anyway. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Alright, okay, so uh, on this edition, we are going to be have um, reviews of um, the uh, second best exotic Marigold Hotel, which is my terrible attempt at Dev Patel. <laughs> Les has literally just got, oh, you're from Birmingham, you know that's not right. <laughs> what? So, I'm trying to be... Um, I've got a drama degree for health. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start with that. Uh, we will also have um, my review, in inverted commas, of um, The Boy Next Door. And also, you will have um, uh, another malignant Mr. Tom East on later to be talking about that. But I'm going to give my views. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give my views. Can't wait for this. It's really important. It's really important, I think I did. And then uh, Les and Adam will be talking about It Follows, which I haven't seen, but they have. And um, they're going to have some great discourse on that. And then we'll finish... finish, um, with a look at Will Smith's latest Focus. 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 But first, however, we're going to change the subject to a slightly more sombre one. As I, I would like to pay my respects to a true great of... Uh, both television and cinema um, photography and photography musician uh, musician <laughs> yeah many, a man with many strings to his bow um, the inestimable Mr Leonard Nimoy who passed away yesterday at the age of 83 and uh, obviously we know who we know who he is you know, he's <laughs> he's one of these people who is just a pure icon and admittedly, you know, um, as Mr. Spock in Star Trek, Star Trek is, is a television show first and foremost, and I think lives the, its best on television in, in general. But there is no doubt about the impact he made on cinema with directing three men and a, and a baby. And there is no... <laughs> that, oh, that was a joke. We can't... Yeah, guess, guess. <laughs> you, you got you got, you got, you got laugh otherwise you're crying. Yeah. I know. I mean, you talk about... You talk about Nemo in, in in cinematic terms, like like I you know, I posted on Facebook, you know, he, I loved him in Body Snatchers. Yeah, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's really good, and it's this almost kind of subvertive Spock thing going on. You know, just really kind of playing with him as a as a presence anyway, mm. and him go, going up against Jeff Goldberg in that way, mm. that, that kind of fight there. Of, of intellect, so to speak, I really enjoyed. Um, but just him as a presence, anyway, as a screen presence. There's one thing I really loved about having him in the, um, the new Star Trek, mm. and just having him as a, a really nice link. And he still had a, a certain amount of gravitas that someone, yeah. well, you know, no offense to, to Mr. Shatner, that you wouldn't have. Mm. There, is something, there is something about having Spock, you know, voice everything. It's true. That just gives you just, just a little, a little feeling, and it's one of those things. It's, it's sad. Have you seen the um, picture that's been going around? There's a picture, and there was a, there's a picture of Star Trek, and they're all on Star Trek, and and it's a half and half picture. It's a picture of Shatner and, and Spock and everyone. They're all mm. together, and it's it's a scene, and then it cut, and then they, what they've done is they've replaced it. The only one left is Shatner. Mm. All that cast is now no longer with us mm. and it's a little bit scary I mean That's unnerving yeah I, I think but it's a little bit scary it's one of these things that have been 
coming up as we get older these people that we've kind of grew up with yeah. are kind of disappearing and it's and last year it really got to me because mm-hmm. it was Robin Williams and yeah. Hoffman and there's a whole bunch of people that you know you kind of kind of live with it's a, in, in a weird way you, you kind do. of grow up and you they're always there they're always a presence in yeah. the back of your head when, you, when you're a geek or, or, or you know you just like Star Trek and, well I, I think I felt this way yesterday when when I came out of the cinema I've been watching Focus I came out of the cinema and I, I saw um, I saw that he died I saw the, the news tweet and I felt a real sense of loss and it, it's something that is strange because you don't know these people, you know, you don't know you don't know them personally. But I've I grew up. I mean, I've always been a massive fan of Star Trek. I grew up loving the original films. Well, it was Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, obviously, which features his death as Spock. Yeah. Um, he's perhaps my my favourite ever science fiction film. It, I, I I adore that film. And you know, it, well, as soon as I found out he died, I put a picture of fa- on Facebook a picture of, of when Kirk uh, Spock is behind the glass and he's dead, and Kirk is just there, just slumped, just with pure yeah. shock and, and grief. And it was, and I, I said to him like, "This is me now." And I, you know, I genuinely felt genuinely sad because I grew up watching this guy and admiring the performance he gave. And, and loving his character and you know when these people go I, I, even though yeah I agree that Nimoy is, is the better actor one of the best actors actually of the entire ensemble I think I will really cry when William Shatner dies I, 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 for me I it's agree. an end of something isn't it yeah, it's it really a little is. bit scary for, for me it will be it will yeah. be these guys I've loved for years and now they're gone and it's you know it, that's the power of sometimes you know these kind of actors and these performances it really hits you you know and the power of what they give you as a child and I think when you've grown up with these things it, it hits you even more than when you're an adult I think yeah. it really does but the worrying thing for me the thing that always bothers me about something like this is how we do look at entertainment as just merely this aside this you know this kind of oh yeah we can take it or leave it whatever you know there's bigger things going on and and what not and if you've ever seen you know obviously you were talking about Star Trek have you ever seen Trekkies Mm, yes I have yeah and it's a great documentary and obviously you know Scotty who's one of the first to kind of leave yeah and Scotty talks about the the girl that he kept seeing from like um, yeah uh, convention to convention and one of the things that you kind of realise about these entertainers, these people that play fictional people, and you know, we all get a little bit pissed off when the sun do their free Deirdre and all that stuff. Yeah. But they, we spend a lot of time with these people, and, and we don't spend it in the in the way that we sit down and talk with them or anything else like that. But we spend a lot of time with them. They engage with us in a different way. They engage. With, they inspire us. They inspire our creativity. They they entertain us. They make us smile. Um, you know, there's there's a reason that, that they provide our escapism. Um, and one of the things that Nimoy was very very good is helping us to do that. Yes. Um, so you know, it's it's always beautiful to see. It is. And and, and when you know he he, he directed one of my favourite Star Trek films which is The Voyage Home which is pure comedic joy for me you know I, I've, I've grown up loving that, that film bonkers as it is <laughs> it was just so sweet and, and the relationship 
that he had with William Shatner and the and the clear friendship they had in real life, which, which spilled over into into the screen, yeah. was just wonderful to watch. And you know, he, he's he's an actor who gave me a lot of happy memories as a child. And yeah, you know, part of the show that has always inspired me and has always inspired me as, as a writer and somebody who loves entertainment. And um, it's it's just sad. Yes, he had you know he lived a good good life here. He lived to a good age, and it's not a shock. He was ill, you know. So it's not like a, a shock kind of Rick Mail, my God, they're suddenly gone. But at the same time, also last year, also last year, it feels like the the just like the really beginning of the end of that era. But um, I just wanted to give a quick memorial to him because he was he was somebody who's in, on entertainment terms very important to me. So wherever you are, Mr. Nimoy, cheers, cheers, and live long and prosper. Space, the final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, now we've all cried. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I'm going to talk about my own demographic, yeah, uh, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, I went to see um, John Madden's the second best. I can't, I've got, I can't do this again. <laughs> I'm going to do it in my accent. The second best <laughs> exotic marigold hotel. The marigold hotel has been going properly for eight months now people who come and go but there's been a core of regulars from the beginning and Sunny takes a roll call every morning a most valuable precaution to ensure that nobody has died in the night Mrs. Evelyn Greenslade here Douglas Ainsley yeah I'm here Mrs. Madge Hardcastle here Norman Cousins and Miss Carol Pa both here Mrs. Muriel Donnelly was left it's even a mouthful of that. Even if getting a ticket, it's a bit like... <laughs> you know, like. Well, what made me laugh, really, is that the title itself is, is almost like a shotgun to the face because yeah. you're calling it the second best exotic marigold hotel. Yeah. You know, I mean, they should have just put a two. Yeah, yeah, a yeah they, they really should have. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, they really are setting themselves up for a fall. Yeah. Now, I, I confess, I, I quite enjoyed the, 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 the best exotic marigold hotel. It came out, obviously, three years ago, which was, you know, very sort of laid-back malaise about a bunch of, you know, old people in India, which is effectively what it is. It's a group of old-age pensioners who are all in different places in their lives. Some of them are married, some of them aren't. And they all end up in this in this hotel run by this very, very sort of perky, excitable, wannabe entrepreneur played by Dev Patel, who's... The guy from Skins. The guy from Skins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably guy. doesn't sound anything like his character in Skins. More, more than likely, like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's all full of vim and everything. He's trying to get things up. And, and really, the whole hotel's been a bit shambles. He's, you know, he's a bit like a, 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 a happy Indian Basil Fawlty, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. He's just hapless. You're like, really selling this. I'm selling this. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the first film benefited from some real good talent. You know, it had people like you know, Judy Dench, it had Bill Nye, it had Penelope Wilton, it had uh, Dame Maggie Smith, um, Celia Imre, all, all these really good, you know, British character actors and, and stars. And you know it had a very a lovely charm about it, 
and you know it did nothing amazing it didn't reinvent the wheel and you know it dragged in parts and it was a bit too freeform but it, it, it was nice it was a nice film and it was well acted so, that, so obviously it did surprising money and, and it, you say it's surprising in England I'm not well, yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe it did appeal to you know. We've um, got an aging population. I, so. I, <laughs> I think there is like OAP kind of things. Yeah. In the city world. What, what was what was the one in La- calendars in lavender or something? What was that one? Dame Judi Dench, something in lavender. Oh, ladies in lavender. Ladies in lavender, ladies lavender or something lavender, like that. Yeah. I think yeah. you mean Calendar Girls and... No, it wasn't Calendar Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> one of them, one of them. But, um, Something like that, yeah. When films like that come out, people go and see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and they, and they did, and it, and it did well. And um, obviously, in you know, the law of, of, of films in Hollywood is it got a sequel. And obviously, by the end of the first film, it had really, it had really done the, the general arc of all these characters, you know. It, it had got them from the point of being... I don't really, really know what I'm doing with my life. Oh, okay, I've found a new lease of life in this impossibly beautiful, yet still shambling hotel okay. in Jaipur, right? We have no Indian people in it. Oh, Set in India, no look at everything outside the hotel. Who cares? But, you know, it's all frightfully middle class. You know, it, it represents a middle class sort of post-colonial Raj version of England, right? <laughs> it really, really is. It's like, you know, it, it, it has that... It has that home counties kind of, you know, feel yeah. of all, all these people, you know, they, they would have never struggled in their life. You know? it, 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 they're just not, it's just not that. So the original you, white people. With the exception maybe of Maggie Smith, whose character in the first one was the best realised character because she was an awful woman in the first one. She was this cockney, bigoted, horrible woman who over the course of the film learned basically she was a cleaner for like 40 years and she, she ultimately becomes part of the custodian of this hotel oh, oh, you're, you're not selling this to me I hate this movie I'm sorry I hate this movie oh yeah you know the working class you cleaner for 40 years hates everyone yeah and that's exactly what goes abroad and she's got this sort of accent where she's going oh oh he's looking at all these Indians and all that's basically what you're right now no, shoot me in the head. Well, <laughs> right. So she goes through the film and she gets to the point. I'm ruining the first film, aren't I? She gets to the point of, um, you know, of of changing and starting to see people in a different light. So in the, when we pick up in the second film, she's the custodian of this hotel with Dev Patel, and they're basically looking as as inevitably they're looking to expand. You know, they want they want to make another best exotic marriage in the hotel because they're full. They're full of old people. <laughs> it's true. They're actually full of old. India's Florida. India. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're. Um, they're, over, they're overstocked with the aged. So they get this American company to potentially fund them to get into the hotel. But they say, the American company is David Strathairn from the Bourne films. And he, he basically says, right, we're, we're going to send over someone. You won't know who they are. Okay, and we're gonna, they're going to gonna inspect your hotel to see if you're good enough to be funded. Now, there is nothing about the second best Marigold hotel that you won't guess. Yeah. Okay. It's basically, you know, you remember those eighties films where you have to they had a break dancing contest to sort yeah. out the rec centre? It's this but we've all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is completely predictable from beginning to end. You will guess almost everything in it. You know, there there is a, there is the whole central idea that you've got all these characters who are you're picking up with and you know you've got Judy Dench and Bill Nye who can't quite accept that they should be together but they you know they start to get oh, there right yeah you've got, <laughs> you've got here we go Ronald Pickup is this basically old lech guy who wants to be like a bit of a suave guy but he, he actually wants to be monog- monogamous at the same time and then you've got 
Celia Imri is torn between two rich Indian suitors and she can't decide which one to pick. And then you've got Maggie Smith who's basically, she actually has the best through line of the whole thing because she actually has quite a touching storyline which is very low key and it ultimately plays quite a big part. You've got, the problem is you've got, they act well with, with the limited material because it looks gorgeous, it's sumptuous, it, it is very beautifully shot. John Madden, who obviously is known for Shakespeare in Love and, and, and various other films, he's got a very, very sort of nice sensibility in how his camera works. You know, it, it evokes India in a, in a really nice way and it, 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 it comes off the screen, you feel that, that beauty and that heat and that elegance and that's very charming. And you know, the whole thing, it is charming. If you're able to detach from the cynicism of it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the high bring, and you're able to just soak it up and, and, and enjoy the performances of genuinely talented people, even when they're descriptive, you know, okay, only okay. Yeah, it, it's it's nice. It's a nice film, and you know the only, the only bit of, of relative subtlety is through Maggie Smith's performance. But again, you'll you'll guess what's going on with her. The big problem is Dev Patel because in the first film he was he was nice, he was funny. In this, he's just irritating from beginning to end because his, his story is just basically the same thing, right? It, it, it's the thing where he's, he's annoyingly sort of caught up in his own. Like he's getting married to this beautiful girl, he can't cope, right? That she's um, that she's basically. You know, so impossibly beautiful, and this, this old rival turns Yeah, she's well fit. She's gorgeous. I saw the trailer. Very, very hot. She's really attractive. Well, Adam suddenly becomes interesting. Suddenly interesting. We've sold them the film. I'll watch it now. I'll watch it now. I wasn't going to bother. She's really gorgeous. And he, he struggles with that because he's, he's finding it really difficult to, you know, detach from all this and accept that he's just going to get married to her. And you know, an impossible rival comes, comes along who's really got long, flowing hair and he's more handsome. You know, and he just, you know, he, he makes her, you know, he starts to think, oh, well, he's going to take her away from me, and all this predictability, and you just want to slap him around the head and go, stop being a bellend, right? She wants to marry you. Your hotel's fine. You've got money. Your mum's okay because she, 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 I'm shagging Richard Gere, which she does through half, halfway through the oh, film. Right, Richard Gere turns up as the classic Richard Gere, you know, he he's all quite cool, and he's, uh, he, he's a bit distant, but you, you know, and, um, and then Tamsin Greg turns up, and she's always brilliant, Tamsin Greg, right? She turns up. That's one of my weird crushes, Tamsin Greg. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that, right? She turns up as this kind of willowy English girl who's there to make sure her mother um, is safely in a hotel. But oh, 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 guess what? It doesn't turn out to be quite true. What? Right? So the whole thing is just massively predictable. However, however, maybe I'm getting old, maybe I'm getting soft. Maybe I just like really fancied that girl. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I <laughs> and it seems to be yeah, it's just one of those things that's just um, and you shouldn't like it. But you know, well I I don't know, my my parents love that sort of colonial fucking bollocks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, 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 I can't all that period drama, all that sort of this is England at this point in time. It's like, no, no, it's never been like that. I'm sorry, it's never been like that. It's always been, it's human nature. It's always been full of conflict. And that sort of thing just drives me up the wall. It does. It, uh, I can't see any reason for me to see this. And it's one, of, it's one of those things where I get it and I know why I can see the appeal. And one of the things about it is, I can see the appeal, the actors are great, you know, Mag, you know, people like Maggie Smith, and and they are getting on, and they oh, are, yeah, and, they are. And I love the fact they're still working and and doing something. And there's also the fact that it brings people in. 
this is a big thing as well. It brings people in. They watch movies. You know, that, that stuff will do that all the time. But it, I think it's that it's a part of it. It's a type of escapism for me that I just hate because it's so. I don't know, it plays into something that I've never really believed existed as someone who's lived in Wicker Wall in Well, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't remotely kind of represent the real world. <laughs> well, I, I think that's one. I don't intend to represent the real world, but I don't know. I look at it this way. Yeah, Johnny English. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching something like that, Johnny English or anything by Richard fucking Curtis. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I can't stand what he does on cinema. Yeah, it's just... I it's, hate... Love Actually? No. Thank you. <laughs> Never Actually, you know. Never. Hate Actually. <laughs> it's a kind of wish... I for... still like Love Actually. <laughs> oh. I know, I know, I know. That Shut amazes up. me. I'm sorry, I it's know. A, it's a it kind amazes of... me, Tony. Yeah. Sorry. I'm stunned by it. It's, no, it's just a kind of wish fulfilment that... I understand that there, there, there needs to be a need for, but it just drives me up the wall because it's the only thing that seems to sell. And I don't know. I know you you, you made a you made you made a good go for it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't no. that bad. I will I will never watch it. It's the thing that my, obviously my girlfriend's mum. Trust me on this. She'll have that yeah. along with stuff like the help. <laughs> and so, and it doesn't have a stone though. It does have everything. But it's just stuff like the help, and it's like yeah, it was really good because this happens and race relations. Like, no, that's that's not what I want to watch. I will watch <laughs> Do the Right Thing and be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's a certain type of nicety that will just never play into me because I'm not a 50 year old woman. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I must be <laughs> because. No, I, I get it. I get, I get why it wouldn't appeal to a lot of people, and it won't appeal to a lot of people. Um, well, it does appeal to a lot of people. Well, it makes a lot of money. So. Yeah, it does. A lot it won't appeal people. to a lot of people our age, yeah. roughly. I think but, it's more of a kind of middle-aged. It is. It is. And uh, you know, and it, it does sit as a nice companion piece to the first one. You know, it really does. They, they live in the same space. There is. It's not better. It's not worse. It, is, it, it just, just is the same. It, it, it is. It's like Michael Caine in Zulu. Why are we here? Because we're here. Because we're here. <laughs> that is exactly it. It just, it just is. And I think if you go into it, just accepting it, it's going to be a very nicely shot, very, very, very malaise, easygoing kind of just slow, you know, amble through the lives of these people, then you'll get something out of it. But, if you, you know, if you're expecting anything that's going to massively make you laugh out loud or is going to really challenge you in any way, it's not for you. But, you know, if you... It, do you know what? Take your nan to it. There you go. Your nan will love it. Even perhaps you're your middle-aged mother. Okay? Because then she can have, she can get it on with Richard Gere in her head. <laughs> okay, so. I think that's yeah. I did see an interview with Dame Judi Dench, and yeah. you know, she was asked, "Oh, what does Richard Gear like?" And she's like, "Oh, he's lovely." In this sort of you know tone that suggests she's she's had naughty thoughts. About <laughs> to be so, completely honest, he's in his, he's in his uh, mid sixty now. It's still yeah. a fox that is Richard Gear. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I, I, I agree with it. Take your name. I mean, I doubt I'll, I will ever watch it. So that was the um, second very best. No. No. <laughs> no. Second best exotic Marigold Hotel on general release now, and we'll be. I'm sure. I'm sure for a while. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Until time memorial. <laughs> couldn't resist the chance to come back and visit the old crumbling ruins and see how the hotel was doing as well. <laughs> okay! 
moving, moving on, we've actually now relocated to uh, a new boozer. We have chips, we have a beer called Poop Deck. I think Adam, um, which is uh, what it's called? Yeah, Poop Deck. Um, I'd highly recommend Rebellion Brewery. If you're ever in a pub and you see Rebellion Brewery, they're always dependable. If you're ever in Marlow, go visit the Rebellion Brewery. Yeah. <laughs> if you live in Birmingham, go all this way to visit Rebellion Brewery. Black Hole Cinema. So, yes, moving on, we're, I'm going to briefly talk about the boy next door. And you haven't backed the horse yet. He cheats with the secretary every time he goes to the office. Have you ever made a mistake? You ready, Mom? Pull it out, baby! I got it. And you are? Noah. I'm staying next door with my uncle. You're not from around here. No. It was this accident with my folks. I'm gonna finish up at Monroe High. My mom teaches there, actually. Seems too cool to be a teacher. Dad, you're beautiful. I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have... It's okay. It's the nicest thing anybody said to me in a long time. Well, then I'm glad I said it. It, it looked rubbish. <laughs> yes, say the least. Now, later on, Tom East is going to come on and talk about this. He's not with us right now. He's not live. Uh, well, we're not live. <laughs> He's not with us right now in the same room. But he's going to give his thoughts on uh, the boy next door, which he was looking forward to. I thought it was shit. Nah, it couldn't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, she's alright. Well, you know, I'll give, I'll give you J-Lo, right? J-Lo, in fairness, given that she's at least mid-40s now, she looks, she looks stunning. Yeah. She looks still, but she still looks stunning. She's the, maybe the one reason to go and watch it, just to look at her. And still unbelievable. Oh, is she supposed to be some sort of downtrodden mum? Oh, it's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, she's a downtrodden mum, right, for a start, no. Jennifer Lopez is not a downtrodden mum, no. She's never downtrodden, right? Her husband cheats on her with his secretary, no. What? How hot is the secretary? I didn't even see her. So she's not even in the film? She's not even in the film. Brilliant. She cheats, she cheats, but the secretary is not even in the film, right? So, I, you know, you wouldn't cheat on Jennifer Lopez, unless it was, I don't know, God, God himself. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, just, it just wouldn't happen, right? <laughs> And then, the whole principle of the whole idea is that she becomes attracted to the boy next door, who is this, you know, supposed to be this, this, this young, impressionable teenager who she corrupts. However, he looks like he's just got come out of, like, a men's magazine, right, for the over-25s. He, he did look like Dan Stevens from The Guest. He does, he does. He, yeah. he's, he's ridiculously... Not awesome. like in looks, but in terms of just physique, looking yeah. great, yeah. He's 19 in the film. Now, the reason they apparently aged it up, or Rob Cohen, who... He's a complete hack anyway, Rob Cohen. Yeah. I didn't know he did it. Rob Cohen. They, that, that explains it, doesn't it, right? Rob Cohen Jesus. has been responsible for the right, tri- yeah, tri- yeah. Triple X wasn't bad. Triple X. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, Triple X, and pro- probably Triple X 2, um, the one with Ice Cube. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Rob Cohen is one of these directors who is, who is known for It Wouldn't Happen kind of films. In this, though, he's playing in a different world. You know, Fast and Furious... Fast and Furious, you know, you don't expect realism, right? And the irony is, ever since Rob Cohen left the franchise, they've got more and more bunkers. However, they've got more fun, in my opinion. Right, so Rob Cohen isn't someone known for his realism. In this, he's attempting to do something that is a steamy kind of 90s, 80s erotic thriller on the line of fatal attraction. Which Challenge is- weed, just looking at yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And it's just about as erotic as a bag of boiled turnips, okay? It's just so unsexy. Even with Jennifer Lopez. It's so ridiculous. The whole idea of aging the guy up, right? 
to make it more palatable that she ends up being like more accepted as, as the, the hard done by hero is bollocks if they really wanted to make this film edgy he would have looked about 14 she would have slept with him right because it's all it's based on a, on, a, on a true story about a woman a teacher who's yeah that's the other thing she's a teacher of classics Jennifer Lopez teaching the Iliad. Are you serious? I'm guessing there's lots and lots of periods where they talk about classics. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the thing they talk about kind of relates. Oh, yeah. God, I can't. And, and it's also a lot of, oh, you teach the classics. Yes, I teach the classics. You really, <laughs> nobody knows what the classics is. Not the writer, not the director. It's just the classics, right? It's just like, no. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's based on this whole story that this teacher actually did sleep with an underage student. Statutory rape, got done. And that's where the idea came from. However, you don't get that impression in this. You get the impression that he's just this hot 19-year-old guy who, you know, happens to find her attractive, turns out to be a psycho, and then gets more and more mental all the way through the film. He's just bollocks. And it's not even fun bollocks. It's not even, you know, oh, this is so shit, it's enjoyable bollocks. It's just bollocks. It's just really, 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 really shit. And I will now hand over to Tom to give his views and see if they differ from that. <laughs> I was under no impressions going in that it was going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that this could be, you know, the kind of so bad it's not good but watchable. Like, yeah. like it would be an enjoyable watch too because it was so ridiculous. But I kind of I enjoyed it, but in the way that I enjoyed it for all the wrong the wrong reasons. I enjoyed it <laughs> because it was literally so far fetched. It couldn't it couldn't be yeah. if it wanted to take itself seriously or be a kind of a joke thing. And I think definitely this was the first time in the cinema where there were literally only three of us in the whole cinema. So yeah, that kinda of, kinda of shows how the kind of people don't really give a shit. But I mean just looking at the cast list, you can kinda of tell it's not gonna be the most groundbreaking film of the year. Mm. Sorry Jennifer Lopez <laughs> Come on. It was very, very predictable. I kind of mm. guessed everything that was going to happen. It was like, like, pretty much a fatal attraction, like gender flipped, with all of the bad stereotypes of that genre kind of thrown in. Mm. And it was, it was just a bizarre experience, to be honest. Like I kind of came out just thinking, what the fuck did I actually just see? Like, it felt like I just had some weird fever dream. <laughs> that makes it sound like a more sort of interesting film than it probably is that you you had some sort of like trip <laughs> yeah because it's it's very by the numbers oh yeah this will happen then this will happen this will happen um we we actually looked it up during the film because when he was like oh i'm almost 20 i just turned around to my friend and i was like i could not buy that for one second yeah he's, he's 27 seven brilliant there you go. Um, that proves it, doesn't it? That says it all. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely 27. But I, I, think, I think what really got me is that the film kept kind of trying to play into, like, horror stereotypes. There were, like, camera work, like, camera shots, and just kind of things where you'd think, like, what, what kind of fucking genre is this supposed to be? <laughs> like, there'd be, like, close from the window and suddenly he would appear, and it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I'm not watching kind of the scream of erotic thrillers, which, by the way, not very erotic. There's one. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sex scenes. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry, two. There's two sex scenes in the whole thing, and they just weren't very erotic. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not remotely erotic (laughs) at all. I think what made me laugh though is that during the during the sex scene between Jennifer Lopez and Ryan Gosling's characters, they go to such great lengths to have Jennifer Lopez's breast covered by his hands, mm. and then later on you just get full frontal from that other girl. Like, mm. oh, it's just Jennifer Lopez. You can't see her boobs. Anyone yeah. else's boobs? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It really bizarre to me that they've made such an effort to make sure you couldn't see like anything of Jennifer Lopez. And then suddenly later on, it was just like, yeah, fine, we'll show you this girl giving him a head, whatever. I do think one of my favourite bits is kind of the way he flirts with her in the film is just, it's too obvious. Like, there's there's a scene fairly on in the, fairly on the movie where he makes possibly the worst joke of all time. It's, uh, oh, we got pretty wet down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, seriously, you're just going to go with that. <laughs> what? Yeah. It was just, it was just painful. So yeah, I, I mean, you could probably do a drinking game to have me cringy moments. I guess that's all you can really take away from this. You could, you could get pissed off it. I suppose that's not bad, really. You know, it's got, it's got some value. So, yeah, I think a mutual for the boy next door, a mutual. What should we say? Thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Mutual thumbs down. Okay. Well, boy next door is. Uh, still on general release if you want to waste your money but uh, <laughs> for a while but uh, thanks Tom for popping in and talking about this one cheers stay away from me and stay away from my son I can't do that Claire I live next door do you want to take a cookie for the road I love your mother's cookies Okay, moving on, it's time now to uh, do a quick uh, rundown 
of the uh, box office top 10, the UK box office top 10, which I have here, which is a little thing we uh, always tend to do. And even though we're in the pub, there's no reason why we can't do it. Through the power of the internet and the phone, which is wonderful, isn't it? Um, so, just having a look at this. At number 10, we have American Sniper, which has made a total of... 13 million while it's been, in the, uh, wow. it's been in the British box office, which is quite a lot. Um, that looks like it's on its way out now. Sadly, Selma has pretty much dropped out of the, the top 10 immediately and has made 2 million, oh. two and a half million. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to Sniper. Yeah, which is gutting really because it's a much, much better film. Okay. It's an independent film though, so yeah. give it its due. Give it its due. <laughs> At number 9, uh, Jupiter Ascending, the uh, world of. <laughs> the world of. I've not seen it yet. The no, absolute no, world of bonkers from. Um, from the Wachowskis, which has made only four million, actually, and it's been out a few weeks. So clearly, the word, the negative word of mouth, may have, have hit that because that should have made a lot more for what it is. I'm having Channing Tatum in the lead. So I should have brought my girlfriend along. She was like, "It was good to look at. It was pretty to look at." Including yeah. Tatum, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all it is. It's just confection. Just confection. That's it. Um, <laughs> and number eight, the theory of everything, which has made near uh, 19, nearly 20 million, um, and he's still hanging on in there in the top ten. It's going to make a lot more money now. Yeah, yeah quite possibly. Now, uh, Eddie Redmayne has got his Oscar. <laughs> At number seven, what we've all been looking forward to, and sadly we didn't get a chance to review, Peppa Pig: The Golden Boots. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, which has made. Um, Two million in the two weeks it's been out. That uh, went head to head with Fifty Shades of Grey because they can they compare so well. That's more than uh, Selma as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, at number seven, at number six, Project Almanac, which uh, has made nearly a million in its uh, one week of, re- <laughs> of release. Because you all didn't listen to me. <laughs> um, again, at number five, straight in at, not, at nearly a million again. The Wedding Ringer again because you didn't listen to me. They're new releases, man. They always. Yeah. Kind of jump in at a certain yeah, point in time. In. At number four, Kingsman, The Secret Service, which has made a nice 13 million. And I still watched that. I watched it this week and it was good. Yeah, it was very, it's very good. It was yeah, like, a lot of fun, wasn't it? I thoroughly enjoyed Kingsman, yeah. yeah. So, uh, at number three, we have Shaun the Sheep, the movie, which has made 10 million. Nice to see that's done quite well there. That's good. That's good. That's good for a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's Arvin and, and no going against them. At number two, Big Hero 6. Yay! <laughs> still, still there, 16 million and came to. So hopefully that'll do a bit more, especially that one best animated feature at the Oscars, which is good. And um, take a guess, what's number one? I've actually generally forgotten. <laughs> well, I'll give you a clue. There's 50 of it. <laughs> oh, sh- yeah, that. Fifty shades. Different shades. Fifty shades of shit is number one. That's unfair. Fifty shades of black. Fifty shades of black. Yes, yeah. is the uh, that's made in two weeks. Twenty-five million. Wow. wow. So that just has destroyed most of the box office in general, which is no real surprise. It'll be there for a little bit, although I suspect once the uh, the ardor of, uh, of Valentine's and everything wears off, and people start to, uh, I, I suspect it all start to drop. But that's it. That's no surprise. That may well still be on one next week. I, I, would, I, be, I would be surprised. Yeah. yeah. If it goes for the third week, then I think we've got a mega hit on it. I know yeah. a couple of people that have been to see it a couple of times. You know, so yeah. uh, you know, one one girl at work 
Uh, her boyfriend wanted to see it with her, I'm guessing. For sexy times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want it. Apparently, he was just like, yeah, I'm just interested to see what the fuss is about. Uh, yeah. Yes. Dakota Johnson is very attractive. Yeah. Yes, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. I think she's attractive in that film as well. There's yeah. something about what she does. Yeah, very, very girl What's wonderful, though, is the, I read a brilliant article this week about how Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan hate each other. Yeah, I read that. I read with that. a passion. It's brilliant. It, they, they hate the sight of each other. Which is, which is brilliant that's going to make some great chemistry in the next two films I want you to send me that link I'm not entirely sure yeah, that's true I think that might be PR I really do do you know what maybe I hope it is true <laughs> <laughs> but you know you probably the cynic in you probably will be out there <laughs> um, so that's the top ten let's uh, move on to another review and this is the horror film that has been hyped up to the max lately um, and there's already yeah, there's already been <laughs> to opposing views possibly here for It Follows. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy. Just having some sort of freedom, I guess. Jay, I'm sorry. Oh. You're not going to believe me. And I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing... It's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's someone walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. Yeah, well, like, like Tony was saying, um, every now and again, probably every, every year or two now, like a horror film comes out, it's just like heights and heights and heights. Um, I think we had like Cabin in the Woods a few years back. Yeah. Um, Great little movie. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had the, the vice of Thundering. Yeah. Um, from the years back. Which I, I actually lie to people there about. Yeah, I really like it. No, I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, yeah that, that, but that, that, was, uh, that was another example of the film that was picked up. It's quite Hollywood. So yeah. Yeah. Made a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Did well. And uh, for me, uh, You're Next as well, which I, I personally found very entertaining. That was another one that was uh, hyped up a couple of years ago. Uh, it follows, it's, it's kind of like that. It's one of them that um, you look at the reviews and you see things like terror you know the horror of the year and things and uh, I, I find it best if you, if you kind of try your best to do all those sort of things because yeah. you, you're always going to be disappointed like like uh, as you were saying earlier someone you know said it's a horror film of the decade or something yeah you're always going to be disappointed but, but for me i went into it follows uh, kind of with an open mind and Basically, it's about uh, based around a young girl, Jay, played by uh, Baker Monroe, who was in The Guest uh, a couple of years ago, which is great. Yeah. Um, Do like The Guest. Do like her in The Guest. Yeah, well. she's brilliant in it, and um, she's perfect for this. Um, and uh, she plays this kind of like teenage girl, young woman, and she's um, she's seen this guy, and um, she ends up like having sex with him, you know, for the first time, living in the back of his car. Everything seems well, she's just a normal teenage girl, she's kind of, you know, enjoying life, that sort of thing. And suddenly she kind of gets told, without wanting to give away too much, that something is going to start following her. And this is the interesting thing, 
it's never described exactly what it is. You just hear it's going to start following you. Something will start following you, and it's not going to stop. And the only way to get it to stop following you is to sleep with someone. So you can pass it on. So it's some sort of like some sort of weird STD. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, um, like a sex team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the, the beauty of that is, for me, I found that when you find out this, is that you, as soon as there's a scene, as soon as you see someone in the background, whether it turns out to be nothing or not, you're constantly like on edge because you're like, is, is this it? Is yeah. it coming for her? Yeah. You know, and so basically it's about her struggle. She's with her, with her friends and um, they're trying to, she doesn't know what to do. She's torn between the whole, do I sleep with someone? You know, put myself out a bit, sort of thing. And yeah. uh, try and pass this on. Don't want to do that. She's got a teenage friend who's in love with her. Yeah. But you know, does, does she want to go down that road and pass it on? And I thought some of the um, the way it was shot was brilliant. I think you said earlier. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Really well shot. Yeah. But it's got like a it's got like an indie feel to it yeah. um, in a way. Like it's quite. Um, Quietly terrifying, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, I mean, for me, you say it's got indie shot to it, it's got one of the, it looks very much like one of the most successful indie films ever made. Yeah. And it's um, Halloween. It looks like Halloween. Um, it's very, it's shot in widescreen. Um, I can't remember the name of the cinematographer that um, shot it. But um, what I said to you, and I, I won't butcher what I said. I was basically, I love the idea that someone shot the sh- shot the shit out of a horror film. Yeah, yeah. And this is really well shot. It's really interesting. Agreeing with what you're saying about the the, the use of widescreen, the use of the background, yeah. and not 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 necessarily knowing what will be happening and coming forward. It's a very simple premise, and that's one thing I love about the film. It's the premise is very simple. Um, if you if you know your horror films, there's a little bit of Cherry Falls in there. There's a little bit, like I said, there's a little bit of Halloween in there, just with the leaves on the ground and everything in there. But it's not a homage. It's I think that's one thing I like. It doesn't seem to be like a homage. It doesn't seem to be very playing to the satire of it all. It seems to be its own thing. My problem with it is there is elements of the film that fall into horror stupidity. I don't like... When a character turns around and says something and says, these are not necessarily the rules, but follow what I say, it annoys me that a character will turn around and then completely negate and not do what the character said just a minute ago even if they're scared it's just there's a a few inklings with it I just wish I think they they do certain things to make sure that the film continues on with its plot I think it's a little bit too long um but in terms of his performances, I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, I thought I thought like making her own like perfect for the for the role. Yeah, because she's got like a, she's got like a, she's pretty minimal. She has like a girl next door sort of look to her. Yeah, and I thought her performance was it wasn't like over the top or really screen queeny. It was very understated. And, yeah, um, just like a girl but trying to figure herself out. 
into this horrible situation and like going back to like various shots as well there's some brilliant scenes where there was one where she's in a playground and she's on a swing yeah. and suddenly all the music stops and it's just her going back and forth on the swing and she's looking around and the camera's panning around and there's going back to the whole as soon as you see someone come into the shop there's that whole element that you know it's, it's, it's going to happen now like no music just her the leads yeah, that was, that was brilliant. And there was another scene like that. She ends up in the hospital at one point about wanting to get Yeah, that's away. a good scene. That's a, that is a good scene. The door's scene. open and she's looking out the door. And it's all about the footsteps. You, yeah, you, hear. you hear the footsteps. She's looking out the door. There's another one where she sees it in her house. Music stops. She does a scream, and it's so well done because you know you don't hear the scream. It goes quiet. You just see the reaction, and you see it, and it's generally terrifying. Something you learn is it can take various forms. Yeah. So you know that's another factor to it. You don't know exactly it's like a specific so the scenes like that which I think are great and like you're saying about like, Halloween yeah. like there is various things like that which made me think back to like Carpenter and Halloween yeah yeah the, the music score, the music the score yeah. I think it's um, um, disaster piece is the score it's like disasters in pieces in peace and love not pieces in Piece of something, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, which I have never heard, of, but but you know, very much music was quite it's almost like an 18th century, yeah. So maybe that lends itself to that whole Halloween thing as well, yeah. But I that mean, added a massive element to it. Well. It's interesting you say that I found sometimes the music a little bit intrusive, but what I did like about it, there is this element of dread. Like, someone said to me that they found it really pretentious and not very scary. I think that the, the tension in it is a lot more like films like The Ring. If you're interested yeah. in The Ring, if you're interested in... Um, um, here's a film that I really enjoy, House of the Devil. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. A really good film in House of the Devil where not it doesn't feel like much is happening, but you're always a little bit worried about something maybe happening. And I think one of the things that... Um, Mitchell, I can't remember the, the director's um, first name, but what Mitchell does... Oh, David Robert Mitchell. David Robert Mitchell, thank you. Um, one of the things that I think he does really well is because of the nature of the widescreen and you can see so much coming in and you're never entirely sure what's coming from around the corner. Yeah. He just gives an element of dread. Like you said, just characters walking. He does something really interesting with just using space and form and background and using characters that you don't know. I mean, the first introduction of this malevolent force that you see is quite simply just... Uh, I don't really want to say too much. I don't really want to... You know, it's one of things where the less you know, the more... Yeah. But the, the way he utilises the force and the way he uses it to tell a story that only certain people can see it... It's very, it's very creepy, it's very unnerving, and I think that's the problem. When you look at the blurbs, like you were saying at the beginning, you look at the blurbs and you look at, oh, it's the most terrifying thing. 
people have completely different it's like comedy they have different things that scare them different you know different things that make them terrified most people it's kind of jump scares that's why I don't like the country I think this is what people are expecting when they see when they see reviews and they say terrifying you know like best best horror film in like 10 years or whatever you know they expect jump scares that's what they expect like your your casual cinema goer when they see that they they expect jump scares they don't expect a slow build up like getting to know the characters all these brilliant elements that horror fans like enjoy enjoy yeah definitely they they, they don't expect they don't expect to see that they they don't care about they want blood and they want scares I mean one thing but I think um, uh, David Mitchell does really well and the, the, the best thing the, the biggest compliment I can give a film like this is making the mundane threatening yeah. and it's what Halloween was all about it's what Black Christmas was all about it's like what The Ring was all about even you know there's very there's elements of The Ring that are in the film there's elements of Cherry Falls that are in this film of the idea of Passing this kind of virus on. Yeah, there's lots of urban legends. But not only an urban legend, there's all this talk about. I I read a review that was very negative about it because of how females. Because it's a female. It's a very female story in general, anyway. But how they can. How it gets contracted and everything else like that. But I think it's a really interesting aspect on female sexuality yeah. and how that is observed and looked at I think it's I think it's got a lot more intelligence than it um, than one would think of a film like that but I think the problem I have with it compared to something like The Descent um, compared to something like I said like previous The House of the Devil there's some, something that it's just a little bit too long the music is just a little bit too incessant the performances are good, but everyone else is a little bit too much of a cipher. Um, characters do not necessarily dumb things, but they do things that are clearly plotted. And I do that with inverted commas, and everyone can see me do it. Um, it just everything's just a little too plotted, a little too handy. Yeah, you know, I felt there's one bit where the uh, they come up with a plan to kill one of the kids yeah. to get her and it very much without wanting to give too much away the horror fans know what all about they very much reminded me of uh, Wes Craven like in the 80s Wes Craven used to come up with kind of inventive ideas which like shocker yeah like, <laughs> like kind of heroes like the, the uh, protagonist was killed the antagonist by kind of crazy 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 ideas. methods yeah yeah so there's, there's an element of this in this in the swimming pool without giving it away so. it's a lot of n- uh, though, Nightmare on Elm Street so, yeah so for someone who doesn't understand that at all doesn't understand what's crazy that might seem a bit silly a bit stupid over the top but you know, you have to think that these these are like teenagers in a terrifying situation. I so, think it makes sense. Yeah, I think they what they do make makes sense. sense. And they did make sense. And I, and I felt like, you know, it's it's kind of like it was made. It's like it was made by horror fans for horror fans. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like made for those sort of Halloween types. And, 
the ring and House of the Devil, you know, people yeah. who get that sort of tension in the build up. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's why I enjoy that. I mean, it's, about, it's hard to say whether it's the best horror film yet, but I think I read one of you that I agree with that said, like, in the way that people said Cabin in the Woods was like a game changer, I wouldn't go that far, but it kind of like, kind of made you look at horror in a different way. Yeah. Maybe it follows could do that for a new audience. You know, maybe people that would see, you know, the country, your next with just jump scares and a lot of stuff, they might watch it follow and go, oh, okay, that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So hopefully it reaches out to like, that kind of a new audience, as well as some old school horror fans. Well, I hope I get it. <laughs> yeah, I will be seeing it soon, so it follows. Um, could go either way. That is on general release for a while. Um, well, how long it will stay? Who knows? These things sometimes disappear forever. Forever. <laughs> That's a great thing. It will be in forever. It's going to be here sooner or later. So, yeah. Go and check out InFollow. In... In follows. In follows. I'm on my third point now. It's, they they follows. follows. <laughs> Somebody follows. Somebody. Horror fans watch it follows. This is this is being on the poop deck. That one. Is it called poop yeah. deck? This is called poop deck. Poop deck. Yeah. I'm having too much poop deck, so my hosting skills are going to start to fade. <laughs> it's a yeah. good job. We're reaching the, uh, the, the towards yeah. the end of this of this podcast, in which we have one more film to talk about, which is where I'm going to come back in. So this will be this will be interesting. I saw Focus. I can convince anyone of anything. You see, there's a science to getting people to trust you. I want in. With your current skill set, you don't. Maybe he could teach me in your room. That is so bad. Is it? Does it feel sexy on your face? A little. It does. Okay, let's go. We're about 30 strong. Everybody gets a percentage. They hit quick and get out. Who's the girl? She's our intern. You hitting that? Right here. No, Farhad, I'm not hitting that. You should hit that. Fuck us. Fuck us. Fuck us. Fuck us. Yes, I went to see Focus, the new film that stars Will Smith and uh, up and coming starlet Margot Robbie. And it's uh, a film from uh, Glenn Ficara and John Requa. John John Requa. Yeah. Who. uh, who are known for um, Bad Santa wrote Bad Santa writing Bad Santa they directed Crazy Stupid Love which, oh, I, was, which I was a big fan of I was and, fan of and I Love You Philip Morris which I was less of a fan of but I saw the yeah. you know the intention there so they have um, they have some they have some good pedigree to an extent and Focus is one of those funny films that the trailer misrepresents in the sense that if you've seen the trailer for Focus you might think of it as quite a, a slick smog caper that has uh, lots of flashy kind of visuals and builds to an inevitable point. In fact, you know, it's one of those trailers that gives away a lot of the film, actually. Uh, but it's funny because it turns out to be a lot better than, than the trailer lets you believe, strangely enough. For me, it felt like Will back on form. You know, for a long time, Will Smith has not been doing very well. You know, he tried to recapture some of the Men in Black magic a few years ago when he did the third Men in Black. And, you know, it was, it was okay, but it didn't really got anything on fire no uh, Hancock was a misstep After Earth was an abomination so he's you know he's he's, re- re- he's been trying to almost reinvent himself I think to an extent as, as not Will Smith and the, the simple fact is he's not very good at not being Will Smith yeah. <laughs> that's why we love Will Smith yeah that's why we love 
Brunswick. He's one of those actors who we love in playing that kind. And, 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 apart from maybe Ali. Ali is the only film, I think, where he stepped away from being Will Smith and, and, and was good. Six degrees of separation. Which I haven't seen, but I've heard a lot about it. So, yeah, that, that's a, that, that was interesting because there was an interview where he said that he got so involved in that character who, loved, who was in love with Stuckard Channing that he actually apparently fell in love with Stuckard Channing in real life for a while. So, you know, he, he just commits himself to a lot of things, but Focus is the first film in a long time where he's been Will. So, yes, in Focus, we have uh, Will playing, playing that kind of you know, charming, uh, laid-back, likeable guy that he's, you know, he's essayed in the, before in the past. He's, he's a guy who is a, a, a grifter. He's a very, well, a very good grifter, in fact. Um, and he's got an entire crew who basically go around pulling off cons. You know, to, to some extent, it, it's low level. Sometimes it's high level. Sometimes it's ripping people off. And there's not necessarily a, a morality to it. You know, they'll rip off anybody if they make a book. But they do it through... There's not, like he says at one point, there isn't one big score that will get them out of the game. The game is just part of life. You know, yeah. he is this guy. He, the, each score just continues his fun. He's a job being, it's basically his job. Then he basically happens to meet um, Margot Robbie in a bar, and she's a very low-level grifter who wants to try and, you know, make it. She's basically stealing watches from rich, drunken men. And inevitably, he sees something in her that, you know, um, that he can see her as a, as a really good grifter, and, and he takes her under his wing. And a lot of the film really is about how feelings and emotion and love can corrupt the focus which goes back to the title of somebody of somebody who has got to be very very devoted to what he does to make it work and to not get caught and to not get killed the trailer might have you believe it's, it's quite an edgy film that he has moments of darkness and it gets quite sinister and gets quite you know thriller it really doesn't focus is surprisingly funny and it, it has that kind of wit that Crazy Stupid Love had, which is one of, the, one, of the, one of the good things about it. It has that central kind of sleekness and that charm, and that's, you know, everything's, everything's quite glossy. It's very. It, it, it loved Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love with his fine suits, and, you know, he looked impeccable, like James Bond. Precise. Precise. James Bond is it James Bond or Will Smith? No, Will Smith is exactly the same in this. You know, everything's precise. You know, everything is. Um, sleek and sexy there is a sexiness to the film but it, it also has this wit and this this playfulness that is surprising and Margot Robbie in fact he further marks herself out as a talent to watch because she is my girlfriend who I went to see it with remarked how she, how she looks looks and acts just like Emma Stone and it's funny because Margot Robbie was you know was asked about this and said uh, uh, are, are you are you the next Emma Stone and she said well I'm not really you know fit to lick her boots right now but you know and the, the, with Margot Robbie there's that extra element of you know Emma Stone has more of the kookiness and the and the, and the, and the dryness I can only think about that horrible se sexual scene in um Wolf of Wall Street. Wall Street. Um, exactly. Daddy. No, 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 no. Yeah, I can't watch this anymore. But this is it. She's, she's, she's proven in this. She holds her own and she's got a good chemistry with Will Smith. And it's... It, it, it totally sometimes doesn't really know what it is. Totally it wants to be a bit of a comedy and then sometimes it has aspirations to be a little bit more of a drama. So it's a little bit off in that sense. So ironically, it's not focused in that sense all the time. Right? So, <laughs> 
it was it was unexpectedly more fun than I thought it would be. And it get and importantly it gets well back to the point where you actually want to keep watching it. And there was a point where I, I usually it was oh Will Smith's in that film, it's worth watching. It got to a point where it was Will Smith's in that film. Should we bother? No, I don't know. I think a lot of people are there. Which is why focus mainly people are a bit more skeptical. But this it, it was it was surprisingly effective. And it, it was it was it was it was a bit sexy, it was a bit funnier and you know more entertaining than I thought it would be. There's a, there's a great sequence about halfway through where you think that he's being done over and he twists it around brilliantly. There's some real nice invention in it. And it's in short, it's basically Hustle, the BBC One series, with money, with a budget, and America. Because I, I quite enjoyed Hustle. Yeah, it is. It's Hustle with a budget. Well, I'm going to say this. How does it rate against Matchstick Men? Not seen it. Okay. How does it rate against <laughs> um, Confidence? Not seen it. How does it rate <laughs> against anything by David Mamet? Uh, um, House of Cards. Uh, well, well, well it's, it's not in the same league as House of Cards. <laughs> I, I confess I haven't seen any David Mamet directed film or anything. Um, I'm a big fan of the con. I do like con movies. I think someone like Will Smith would really work with the idea of the con. It's one of the reasons why I like um, uh, six, six Degrees of Separation, because he's playing a con man there, a 19-year-old gay con man. Just to, pro- to prove something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I still think it's his best role. I still think it's the thing that he should have always had an Oscar, uh, Oscar nom for. Mm. It's interesting to see. I mean, I wasn't particularly interested in Focus um, in terms of wanting to go and see it. I think he sold it better than Exotic Marigold Hotel 2. The, the second <laughs> exotic marigold, second <laughs> exotic best very marigold, whatever. But um, it'll be interesting to see, and you know, I would love to see it in reference to all these other films I kind of enjoy. Well, I think I think realistically, you know, it's, it's not going to be clever con in that sense. You know, I don't think yeah. it's gonna. It's not. It's not really gonna sit. I would say on the shelf with a lot of these great con films. I, I don't think that for a second. And I think that there's, there's, there is, there's potentially more reason to see it than you might think. And importantly, it is Big Willy back on top. <laughs> Big, Willy, Big Willy style. Big Willy style. Big Willy. Yeah. It, just, it, it sounds like one of those films that's just going to be fun. You know, you, you just put it on. Yeah. You know, you can switch your brain off for a bit and just, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. It also has a great soundtrack. It's got a great series of songs, a lot of which are 70s, quite funky kind of thing. It's really, really cool soundtrack. Um, and it just helps carry the whole thing and you know I haven't enjoyed a Will Smith film as much as I enjoyed this for some time and that's you know that's nice in itself yeah. so yeah check it out Focus is uh, still on general release it will be for a while it'll probably do quite well there's two kinds of people in this world there's hammers and nails you decide which one you want to be no it's a it's a bad religion so that brings us to the end of our podcast in the pub, gentlemen. That was great. How have we enjoyed it? Yes, very much so. It's good fun. I I love it. I've done it before. I love doing this. It's yeah. good fun. It is actually see people's eyelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. It makes a nice change. Yeah. I'm out of my uh, normal zone. You're with him as well. I'm with him. We're now going to go and uh, 
paint the town, if not red, then certainly a, a, a deep yeah, shade of paint. Paint the town black, let's do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to lose a lot of focus. Yeah, we're going to lose a lot of focus. <laughs> we're going to have to try and it follows each other. Yeah, we're going to follow each other. We, um, we hopefully won't run into the boy next door, but um, if we're lucky, we won't end up staying in the very best oh, second. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm stealing Adam's thunder. Um, so uh, it's a it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. You can find uh, Leslie as Afro Film Viewer on, on Twitter. You can find Adam as Massingham Adam on Twitter, and I as ever am Black Hole Writer. This has been Black Hole Cinema. Thanks for the pop. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.